As Ruth says, hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am not your host, Ruth, the lovely Ruth. I am her husband, taking over the intro duties for Ruth's show <clears throat> this week. Excuse me, just fighting a small cold there. Uh, Ruth is away in Ontario. Um, we I don't want to go into specifics, but there's been a tragedy in the family, and Ruth left Monday and drove to Ontario with her friend Rachel and I've been back here in Halifax, um, taking care of our kids, and uh, I've had some help from my amazing family on this side, and uh, my friends uh, have been coming to see me, and my lovely friend Raina has been staying here and helping me with my our new puppy Picard, and that's been great. And I've just really uh, been valuing how important friends and family are and seeing how they just make such a difference in your life. I don't know how Ruth does this every week and comes up with things to say. She makes it look so easy. Um, and she's got a way better voice than my monotone voice, but I thought I'd pitch in and, and, uh, cover this episode for her. Um, but yeah, if you want to, if you're, if, uh, any of you aren't where, aren't aware uh, of that, yeah, Ruth had to head to Ontario, and I'm sure she would appreciate a message. Um, you probably know how to get hold of her by now, and uh, I'm sure she'd love to hear from you, and she can tell you about what's going on. Um, so we're just sending a lot of love to Ruth today, and uh, yeah, this is the part two where we say a quick shout out to our sponsor, Simple Skincare Rituals, with the lovely Angela, and we just want to say. Thank you to Angela for being a a good friend, but also uh, taking, uh, you know, sponsoring this show. Uh, it's quite amazing. Just a real, a true friend there. So thank you, Angela. And go buy Simple Skincare Rituals stuff. I've actually used it. It's quite good. Not ashamed to admit it. So go try it out. Um, this episode, my uh, Ruth interviewed my brother Ryan a month ago, and Ryan came over to the house with his kids, and uh, they did a quick little episode where they talked about social anxiety back in high school for him, um, the importance of family, uh, what motivates him, and uh, what mental health looks like to him. It's uh, quite a conversation. I had to listen to it before I did this recording here. I'm biased. It's my brother and my wife, but it really is a great conversation between two just wonderful people. So I want you to have a listen, and here it is. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited to introduce all of you to my one of my dear friends and my brother-in-law, Ryan McMullen. Hello. How's it going, Ryan? It's going good, Ruth. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming. Ryan made his way here from Truro. Mm -hmm. He's visiting with his kids, and uh, so now our kids are all playing and having a good time together. Let's assume that's happening, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like making that assumption. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard any noises from upstairs yet, so I think we're good. Yeah, no loud thuds, no screaming. Mm -hmm. I think we're probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, tell me. Yep. How's it going? 
Life's good. Yeah. I've, I've got a wonderful life. You know yeah. what? You do. Mm-hmm. You're right. But everybody has a dark side, Ryan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what took you so long? <laughs> figure that out. What took me so long? I know. It's only been, what, 13 years? That's right. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> but I did. I finally figured it out. Okay. You've got a dark side. Mm-hmm. So we're going we're gonna to dig into it. Okay. <laughs> 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 what in the world has she got on me? Okay. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't ever give anyone this hard of a time. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> We've known each other for a while. That's right. So it's yeah. kind of just fun. Yes. And trying to, I'm also trying to loosen you up, which is funny because I'm asking you. To, I'm just mm-hmm. saying really things. I feel things like I'm more nervous than I need to be, but I feel like I'm on a real talk show and it's uh, it's a little intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I get it. I think that that's normal. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be, I think that you're going to do fantastic. Cool. And <clears throat> another thing is like that you have such a sweet character that I think that's just going to shine through. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ryan. Yes. Um, as you know, my show is called Optimistically Depressed. Mm-hmm. Have you had any experience with depression? Uh, not depression, um, no, at least nothing that was clinically diagnosed by a doctor, but yeah. when I was in high school, I definitely had moments where I felt low. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was a lot of a social anxiety and related to not having many friends, but I would never say I've ever been depressed though. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why do you say that you felt alone, but not depressed? Um, I, I would use the word low. Like I felt very, oh, low. Sorry. yeah, yeah. like felt like I never, uh, when I was, it was mostly coming from a point in my life in high school where when you and Sean actually moved away to Ontario, yeah, I felt like a, during that year, that was a hard year because I remember I had a lot, I had friends, but I had friends in school that were the kind that didn't really notice if I wasn't there or not. So I had relationships that were very one-sided. So I would would very often feel um, alone in that regard, but having just feelings of being very low and not feeling very uh, accepted or a part of a circle. So so that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't ever, I wouldn't ever say I was depressed though. Maybe I was, I don't know. Well, honestly, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, Feeling like how long? Well, I don't know. How long did you feel low for? Uh, it was probably duration of that entire year at school. That was when I was in grade eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a professional. Yeah. So I can't make any official diagnosis. Yeah. That does like that sounds like depression to me. It, it may have been. Um, I mean, I had a I had a great life, and I was oh, involved yeah. in sports, and I had friends at my church. It was just mostly the dread of going to school, not enjoying uh, my place there. I spent a lot of times, a lot of days at school where I actually would walk around the entire school till the bell rang to go to the next class or I'd go to the bathroom and eat lunch by myself. So I felt very alone that way. Um, And just that dread. And I remember in grade 11, I wanted to be homeschooled at that point and just be done with school because I was, I was very nervous about going there and just not having anyone to hang out with. So Oh, yeah. That's but, heartbreaking. Yeah. So mom and dad took me to a psychologist, got me checked out. But they told me at the time, they don't think it was depression. They just said, you know, maybe you're just, you're extremely shy and you need to, you know, kind of put yourself out there a little bit more or okay. or find other outlets or, or uh, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then what changed in grade 12? Well, yeah, um, grade 12, you and Sean moved back to Halifax. <laughs> 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 and you started living at my dad's house in Forest Glen. So that made a big difference. So you guys were there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also met other people as well. And that, you know, still wasn't the kind of relationship that I was hoping for. But they were nice enough people that I felt like I could be a part of their circle. So that's all it took was just kind of meeting the right people and, you know, kind of finding my way there. Okay. So, yeah. But definitely the happiness of having you guys back made a big difference, though. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know if they ever told you that before, but yeah. I don't think you did. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. That was a very tough, tough time, losing you guys and then getting you back was great. So. Oh. But then you went away again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. I'm yeah, so sorry. Because <laughs> you, yeah, what was it? Grade 11. Sean moved, went to Cortha Lakes, and then you came down for the summer, mm-hmm. and then you stayed with us for about a year or so, and then you guys left for Ontario for two more years, yeah, and then came back again. So, yeah, yeah. So then, how were you for those two years that we were away? Uh it was okay. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was in university. I had a bit more friends at the time, and. Uh, you know, just uh, I I wasn't dating anybody, but I definitely had a larger circle of friends I was getting in, tapped into. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I've come to realize over time that I'm not the person that needs a lot of friends. I just need some close friends. Cause I'm, I'm more of a, of a, I'm not even sure what the right word is for that. Kind of like a, just a person who really values core relationships as opposed to uh, ones on the periphery. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I can respect that. Mm-hmm. I think that it's so important to just like understand what you need. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And then, okay. So you've, uh, now just to let you know, I might ask some questions that you're kind of like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable discussing that. And you can totally just say, I don't feel comfortable discussing that. And we don't have to. I don't feel comfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Bring them on. Okay. All right. So, um, cause like, I know that you've like, so you've had some experiences with your mother-in-law where you mm-hmm. were like, where you've watched, uh, kind of like a deterioration in her and that's yeah. consistently ongoing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of, it seems like you're kind of on the front lines of that, like helping the family kind of cope through yeah, it. Yes right? and no. Like okay. being in Truro, we're not on the front lines. We're kind of only able to really help directly whenever we can go visit. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're not really there as much as um, Beth's siblings would be, uh, more so than us. But her dad is definitely the one taking the brunt of everything. But we're just kind of on the outside looking in, more or less. Okay. Because we're in Truro, because we had that distance between us. So. Would you say that's a healthy thing? In what way? Like, um, okay, to give you an example, a personal example, mm-hmm. like my dad has bipolar and schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And I find that being in, being here in Nova Scotia and him being in Ontario has been really healthy for me mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like, you don't want to get too involved. Yeah. I, there's sometimes we feel guilt where we wish we were closer, where we wish we could help more, especially help her dad, who is the primary caregiver and he's taking the brunt of everything and he is definitely feeling it. So I feel like Sometimes we feel like we wish we were closer, but in a lot of ways, 
not being there it's kind of like for lack of a better term kind of spares us a little bit yeah. where we don't have to be around it as much and be around it and have it impact us as selfish as that sounds but that's just the reality of the situation where we are yeah. in our current stage of life so if we were there our lives would be different but in a lot of ways we do feel that that kind of guilt where we're not there yeah. all the time to uh help out as much as we'd like to be able to help out especially help out her sister who also takes a lot of it on her shoulders as well and so yeah you know do you mind actually like sharing for the listeners what it is that this the situation is yeah uh, my mother-in-law she got diagnosed or she has early onset alzheimer's or dementia i'm not even sure exactly what's the diagnosis but she's had that for the better part of 10 years now and she's at the point now where she's um kind of rapidly um getting worse and it has been getting worse periodically over the last few years more so especially so yeah that's it in a nutshell yeah Mm -hmm. okay so we don't have to spend like a lot of time talking about this because there are a couple other questions like things Mm -hmm. that i just kind of want to discuss with you but yeah um another thing is that i want to give you the opportunity to discuss whatever it is that you kind of if you have anything on your mind Mm -hmm. so feel free to cut me off at any point and just be like yeah this is actually something else that i want to talk about Mm -hmm. okay so actually i do have another question it's not actually related to that though Mm -hmm. because so you have two kids Mm -hmm. we do you do we do and um you honestly you're a good parent like i look at you i look at beth you two are extraordinary parents oh we try yeah and you can tell like you're like you Mm -hmm. are you're involved you're loving Mm -hmm. you're like you're just you've got a knack for it you're very good and we've both always had a desire to be parents so i think it's nice to hear compliments like that. <laughs> you know, we've that's what we've always want. We've both always wanted it, so it's definitely it's one of our. It's the best thing in the world for us. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, so then, how did? Because I know that for me personally, like when I when we became parents and when mm-hmm. I became a mother, mm-hmm. it was like it was one of the best things that ever happened to me, but mm-hmm. also it was one of the most um, shocking things that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a life changing thing. It's uh. You know, it's any advice I can give to any new parent is that it's prepared to have your life um, change a lot. Yeah. Like, like, like quite extremely in a lot of cases where you, if you're the kind of person that values your um, ability to have freedom, to have complete autonomy over your what you do in your life and um go out whenever you want to and sleep more and you know like all these things but like you know i was talking about it with beth the other day and we have this ongoing conversation about what was our life before kids and we have a hard time remembering what it was like (laughs) like what do we used to do with all of our spare time but because it's like i don't know probably sleep in more go to bed later Mm-hmm. We're more social, I guess, with going out because we could just on the drop of a dime go go out or yeah. But it's hard to remember though. Yeah, because we're so used to our role as parents now. Then we just it's like you've morphed into yeah parents and the yeah. previous life is yeah. It's we it's a weird thing because we've only been parents now for almost four years. Yeah, <laughs> but it feels like it is that it feels like we've always been parents, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have like um? Did you have any moments where you were like, what have I done? Uh, no, 
Okay. No. None. No. Never had any regrets or anything to make us feel like this was a mistake or anything like that. Like yeah. we've been completely happy with being parents. That's and awesome. that's been the joy of our lives for hundred percent. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. I've got to say, like I, so like I love being a parent. It's something that I obviously like. I wouldn't want to change. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely had moments where I'm just kind of like, this is my life now. Mm-hmm. You know, like every now and then the realization sets in. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, this yeah. is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. like you kind of have like other passions that you're kind of like, you know, that would be really cool. But right now this is not as much of a priority mm-hmm. and it is a little heartbreaking, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes I find that like a part of me dies, mm-hmm. but it's not. And I don't actually mean that in a bad way. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Why do you, what do you think causes that? That I think it's just the, like the realization, like the constant realization that I have a responsibility to three children first. Mm-hmm. And so I might have like some kind of, desire that comes along and I'm just kind of like it would be so cool to be able to do that mm-hmm. but then it's like no I, I can't do that mm-hmm. and it's not like and when I say part of me dies the part that of me that has like that desire to do something mm-hmm. that has to die <laughs> you know and yeah. I, and it's not even necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. it's just kind of how it goes do you ever find that <sighs> kind of <laughs> I'm not like I might be making it sound more extreme Ex- than it Explain is. to me like I'm a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so say it's like, oh, it'd be so cool to take three months off, mm-hmm. go over to Europe, mm-hmm. live in France for a little while, mm-hmm. you know, and like make my way over to Italy. Gotcha. Do the whole backpacking. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I can, uh, one response I would have to something like a, a feeling like that is Beth and the kids just went to Fredericton for a few days. Um by themselves because I had to stay home and work and went basically as soon as I got home and I was alone for five minutes I was done <laughs> I was yeah. like get them back because <laughs> like, I can't do this like now that I think about if I ever think about life before Beth and the kids I don't like that life I don't want to ever go back to that so like to think of me in a different role than what I'm in now is terrifying to me yeah so that's so why because I just feel, I keep, I feel complete. I feel complete happiness. I feel just the joy that I have of being a parent and watching my kids grow and watching them develop as human beings. It's the most incredible experience I've ever had. And I don't mm-hmm. want to ever lose that. And I know that the sucky thing about parenting is that when you have kids, they're not your own. Like they're, you're raising them to be individuals and you hope that one day they'll become independent and leave you, but be, um, genuinely good citizens of this world we're in. And you hope you've done a good job yeah. to get them to that point. So I take every moment, I don't take any moment for granted with them. And I just appreciate every second I've got with them. And so uh, it's just like reading a good book that gets better with every chapter when I, that's how I look at parenting. So that is so beautiful. It is. That's yeah. awesome. It's the truth. Like I, so I, I, every now and then I'm like, I will definitely look for, look to moments where I can have some time away. Yeah. Like I have my weekly guy hangouts in Truro where we get away and just play video games or whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh, I'm always getting that sense of being drawn back. I never want to 
leave for a very long period of time, just just enough to kind of, you know, clear my head a little bit and get some space. But ultimately, it's I don't find any other more. I don't find any other sense of happiness than what I've got when I'm parenting. So, wow, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm really happy for you. Thanks. Yeah, and like you can tell, you can mm-hmm. tell when you're with your kids. Like that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. It comes through. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the greatest parent in the world and I never will be because I don't think there is such a thing as a perfect parent, but, um, I think you're pretty close. Well, I don't ever want to think I am because I, I always want to think there's something I can improve on or, or, or develop. Mm. So if I, if I ever think I'm at the point where I am perfect, that's a dangerous thought because then you think there's nothing else you can do to become better. So that's, that's how I look at everything that I do, whether it's teaching or whether it's, uh, uh, being a friend or being involved in my church, it's just always looking to. I always think of myself as not good enough. Not good. I shouldn't say that sounds. It's coming out wrong. Just always looking, always leaving room for improvement in everything that I do would be the best way I look at it. Do you find that to be like for you? Does that is that like an encouraging? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, if I always feel like there's something else I can improve on, there's something I can work harder towards. And that and that's like kind of like life-giving to you yes yeah it's kind of like there's a speech matthew mcconaughey gave at the oscars a couple years ago when he won and he said my hero is myself in 10 years from now and he imagined himself what he'd be like in 10 years from now where and he sees what he wants to become and he has visions and he has goals and that's the person he keeps working towards becoming and when 10 years comes the same rule applies where his hero at that point is 10 years from that point. So he keeps chasing after someone in the future that he wants to become. And then when he gets to that point, he can always try and be better than what he is. So that's really cool. Yeah. So that's how I see things. At least I think you have to always keep an eye out for ways you can get better at being who you are. And if you can do that, then you'll always have something to chase after. Cause once you lose something, once you lose that desire, that fire inside you, I find that um, you get stuck in a very bad place. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So then what do you, so is that like, that sounds like one of the main things that you use to motivate yourself. Mm -hmm. Are there any other techniques that you have? Uh, To motivate myself. I can procrastinate a lot, and my students can attest to that. I'm not the quickest at getting marking done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes I can get lazy and focus more on, on the lesson plan as opposed to the, on the marking. But um, to motivate myself, I don't know. I don't know what to do to motivate myself, I guess. I guess think about my family and how much they mean to me and how that can push me forward. But yeah. Yeah. So you're a family man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Oh, yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. And like you've set up a nice home for yourself. and, and We your, love it. Yeah. Our one-year plan turned into, it's going on eight years now this summer that we've been there. And I don't think we have any desire to leave at this point. I think we're pretty set. Yeah. Yeah, we planted roots. Yeah. Yeah, we've found our friends. We found our church. Work's been good. The kids have friends their age. Like it's it's a great setup. So it's, I never thought I'd say that. (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) Churro was, Churro was not in our plans, but yeah, someone else had plans for us though instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So then when you're, whoops. Yep. 
Um, so when you're, um, when you're feeling like, um, let me think here. Do you have dark days? Uh, I have days that are tough. Yes, but you wouldn't call them a dark day. I wouldn't say dark. I mean, there's definitely stressful days where if the kids are sick or they're, they're having a rough day, um, for sure. Um, I guess it depends on your definition of dark, like dark, where if you have days where you have a cloud hanging over you where you can't accomplish anything or you feel like you're not important or nothing you're doing is worth anything or like days like that. I don't have, um, no, I guess I wouldn't say I do. So then how would you define your own dark day? A dark day for me would be a day where, um, that's a good question. Uh, and I think about that. Uh, a dark day for me would be a day where I feel completely disconnected to my family and where I feel like I've made decisions that have hurt our, my relationships with either my wife or my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, or a dark day would, would be involving if I wasn't feeling motivated to be at school where I'm teaching and I felt like I wasn't accomplishing much or doing anything positive. Um, but again, like I always feel like no matter how difficult life can get, I always feel that I have the ability to bounce back because of all the joy that I have in my life. And that just keeps me out of it. Like, Hmm. like when I say I've, I've got happiness with my family, like I, I truly do. Like, so like I have days where I don't feel motivated, but I wouldn't say dark though. Okay. I haven't been there yet. I feel like a dark day would be you know, loss of a family member. Or like I know there's dark days coming when we're going to have to eventually deal with the passing of Beth's mom. And that's going to be a dark time in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to have each other to get through it. And, you know, and I hope that at that time I can be a very stable source of support for her. Um, but just other family members as well, you know, like we all know that dark days are coming, but on a day-to-day basis, no, I guess I would say I don't. (laughs) So I'm fortunate to be able to say that, I think. Yeah. Because I know lots of people can't say that. What, like, what made you, like, do you know what kind of brought you to have this outlook on life? Um... Like, do you think it's just kind of your nature or do you think that there, like, was there something that happened in your childhood that like made you just be like, this is like, this is the kind of life that like, this is the. Oh, ever since I met Beth and been with her, life's been pretty good. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I really feel, <laughs> I just feel very content all the time. And no matter what happens, I know I've got the best woman in the world to live my life with. Oh. And I feel that my relationship with God is strong that to the point where I've, I've got that spiritual um, influence as well in my life. And I just feel that um, because of my relationships with God and with Beth, I feel that I can overcome just about anything. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So then tell me, what does it look to you to be mentally healthy? To be mentally healthy? Yeah. Like how would I define it? Yeah. Uh, to be mentally healthy. Hmm. I have to think about that one. 
It's a tricky one. It is not easy because everyone has their own opinion of that or definition of it. I guess you could say to be mentally healthy, you need to be able to um, pursue happiness for one, Mm -hmm. um, find happiness in your life by any means necessary within reason like so there's a lot of things that bring you temporary happiness that will, will not last very long mm-hmm. i think when you can have happiness that will um impact you in a way that's um, long-standing i think that can bring you mental health like for me faith is everything if you have a strong relationship with god um that reciprocates on into your mental health i believe that because if you feel like there's something bothering you you know that God is on your side, and I feel that if you are struggling, you can cast all your cares upon him because he promises that he will be with us through everything that we go through. So having that knowledge and having that kind of faith is what gets me to feel that I'm mentally healthy hmm. um, because I think I don't think there's anything else in this planet that can bring you more happiness than a relationship with God. Hmm. Um, you know, you can try on your own for as long as you want, and and accept what the world can offer. And there's lots of things you can do like exercise or massage or develop close relationships, but none of that compares to what I believe can be given to you. That's how I see it. So Ryan. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while now. I know. We've been talking about it for a little while. Yeah. 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 And it just like, yeah, it's, I'm so happy that we like we actually got to do it. And I, I love being able to hear your point of view and like and, and be able to represent that on optimistically depressed. And it's like because a lot of your values, I know that like we would align with a lot of similar values. And so it's nice to be able to kind mm-hmm. of talk a little bit more about those. And yeah, I'm never ashamed to admit the gospel of Jesus Christ anywhere, anytime. If anybody's listening and want to talk more about it, you know, hit me up. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because like I was saying, like, um, I was saying to you before, like, I just really appreciate being able to have honest conversations about these things. And also like to be able to have like conversations with other people with about their beliefs. And it sounds like a lot of people that I've had conversations with have like, uh, like an understanding of there being like a greater cause, like a greater being. And it's just, I find absolutely fascinating to be able to listen to all of their points of view. And I really value your point of view. And I think that what you have to say is just really like, it's really cool to be able to hear a lot of what you're, what mm-hmm. you're thinking, what you're, where your convictions come from. And mm-hmm. I just like, I really appreciate you taking the time to mm-hmm. be here and, and talk. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone listening, um, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to uh, this podcast. And just remember that wherever you are, I'm just sitting here loving you. And I hope that you have a great evening, night, morning, afternoon. And I'll be talking to you again soon. Love ya. Bye.